0: You're listening to the White Hot Magazine of Contemporary Art podcast. Visit us online at whitehotmagazine.com.
1: The best art in the world since 2005.
0: downfall of an American hero, the defeat of a president, the sick world of Las Vegas, and the violent anarchy of the Hell's Angels. Part of a chronicle of the death of the American dream created by journalist Hunter Thompson. Tonight's Omnibus makes a valiant attempt to follow Thompson and English artist Ralph Steadman on a wild trip across America.
2: British artist Ralph Steadman sets off with a BBC film crew for Aspen, Colorado, to meet an old friend. None of us knows what's going to happen. ...throughout the flight. This is our good old summertime flight, where we're offering nickel beer and lemonade. Your crew for today is Captain Bar and First Officer Klopfenstein. Hope you have a pleasant flight. Thank you.
0: This must be four years now. Nearly five. I don't know what the man has done since then. He may have terrible brain damage, you know. When I meet him, he may not even recognize me. Imagine that. He he sometimes goes for people. He has these mace guns and um, CO2 uh, fire extinguishers, which he usually just aims at people. But, you see, he has this amazing uh, power in Aspen. The police just go with him because they're so scared of him. He's a little older. And perhaps, mm, how can I say, Is a real word that would express You see, his weirdness has probably uh, toned down a little to the point where he might think before he does something. He might, we might just be safe on this journey. I don't know.
2: On behalf of Rocky Mountain Airways and your flight crew, we'd like to thank you for flying with us today. Have a pleasant stay in Aspen or wherever your final destination might be. Oh, God, what is he?
0: Where do you think Two-winged boys. No, never. There's no one idea. here. Watch it. It Can't be the one. Come on. Come on. Hey, wait a minute. Watch this. Nice to see you. Power the same
2: time Dr. Hunter Thompson and Ralph Steadman have worked together on articles in Rolling Stone magazine. Hunter's adventures as a journalist have elevated him to a kind of cult hero. His articles are obsessed with a vision of America gone rotten. The phrase, fear and loathing, appears in nearly all his titles, an indication of the violence and paranoia that marks his work and has become associated with his personality. His reputation gives him access to just about every major figure in politics, show business, and sport. Hunter's influence as a political commentator is recognized by all leading politicians, and his support for President Carter's election platform is credited with swaying young American voters in Carter's favor. Yet this man is an ex-hells angel whose work is marked by a celebration of violence, drug-taking, and personal risk. In 1970, he stood for political office as sheriff of his home town of Aspen, Colorado. He called himself freak power candidate and was only narrowly defeated.
3: Unfortunately, prove what I set out to prove. And I I think the original reason was to prove it to myself that the American dream really is. And I think that.
0: Yeah, you're right.
3: Well, I didn't believe it until now, and I'm not sure that this is really the proof of it. It's, It's very hard to. You know,
1: to have a bald-headed lunatic, I'll do that for the cameras, uh,
3: All right. I've already made up my mind. As a matter of fact, this is my last trip in in politics, or this kind of politics. I assure you, I'll be in other kind of politics. I'm not sure which way I'll go, but it'll be one or the other. It won't be down this middle anymore.
2: If Hunter's political career had come to an abrupt end, he was already famous for the wildly inventive style of his writing. It began in 1970, when he was sent as a sports correspondent to cover the Kentucky Derby. He became much more interested in observing the characters and the events surrounding the race, and the process of getting the story, than in the story itself.
4: Unlike most of the others in the press box, we didn't give a hoot in hell what was happening on the track. We had come to watch the real beasts perform. I pointed to the huge grassy meadow enclosed by the track. That whole thing, I said, will be jammed with people, 50,000 or so, and most of them staggering drunk. It's a fantastic scene. Thousands of people fainting, crying, copulating, trampling each other and fighting with broken whiskey bottles.
2: This highly personal form of journalism became known as Gonzo, and his illustrator, Ralph Steadman, had to respond to it.
0: I think what he saw in this connection was somebody that somehow saw the things in pictures as he saw it in words, you know? And that seemed to me to be part of the whole chemistry of it, that our chemistry there made Gonzo possible.
4: I'm Edward.
0: He has a bird called Edward, such a marvelous character. Which I think Hunter tormented it, but I think there was a kind of a, a two-way affection. Uh, There's something going on, you know? Edward, talk to me. No. Hunter would use it, I think, to to bounce off, you know. We'd use it as a kind of a victim, you know, something to, to bring into the story and the way he was, how he was feeling about it. Who was the bird? And I suppose that at some point I, in a way, became the bird, you know. I was...
3: Oh, now we're going to talk a bit.
0: Speak. To me. Yeah. I feel like Edward sometimes, in a situation, I feel absolutely uh, uh, taken apart, as though he's had, a, he's had a whole session of talking to me, you know, hold, you know, holding holding me like a bird. I'm trying to bite my way out of it, get the hell out of this thing. Speak up, Edward, speak up, uh,
1: speak up, talk to me! Are you trying to instigate a problem or something? No, I just because wonder if you are, why I, I'd ask I, you Obviously, leave. I have a problem, right? I mean, why are you here? Okay, why don't you do us all a favor? Instead of antagonizing Maybe. the situation, why don't you just leave? Okay, shots. Okay. On the
4: streets, right? from the book Hell's Angels the flames lit up the street just about the time the National Guard arrived on the scene with fixed bayonets and rifle butts swinging the mob scattered many of them blinded by tear gas bombs the police were pelted with firecrackers rocks and beer cans but they were wearing helmets and their six weeks of training served them well What's that? the menace is loose again the Hell's Angels, the 100-carat headline running fast and loud on the freeway, jamming crazy through traffic and 90 miles an hour down the center strike, missing by inches, like Genghis Khan on an iron horse, with Sodom 500 miles to the south in the vast mad bowl of Los Angeles, home turf of the Satan's slaves with their taste for the flesh of young dogs and tender young blondes with lobotomy eyes. Obviously, one of the things that I have had to think. Of. I have to
3: appreciate about America. If I didn't, I'd be stupid or insane. Is that uh, for good or ill? I can function here, and uh, I don't think that there are many societies, or social, political systems, where I could function the way I am. No, and perhaps a lot of people would think it's much better. You know, That's the best argument for destroying the system, that it gets rid of people like me.
4: Editor's note. Due to circumstances beyond our control, the following section was lashed together at the last moment from a six-pound bundle of documents, notebooks, and recordings. Dr. Thompson's plan, he says, is to create an entirely new form of journalism. In the meantime, we have suspended his monthly retainer and cancelled his credit card. During one four day period in Washington, he destroyed two cars, cracked a wall in the Hilton, purchased two French horns at $1,100 each, and ran through a plate glass door in a Turkish restaurant.
3: Most people are surprised that I walk on two legs. And uh, the idea that I would have a wife or a child, or I think I said that's even a mother, that seems to surprise me. I think people think I'm uh, very much maybe a violent version of that comic strip. I am living a normal life. You know, I own a you know, ranch in Colorado, and I have a wife and a child, and uh, peacocks, and Huh? Day
2: two, Al farm Aspen. No sign of Hunter all morning. When he finally appears, we approach him with caution, and he clearly has his doubts about us.
3: I don't see how you could possibly make a true film. Just because by bringing all this machinery in, you uh, you create a situation that's unnatural anyway. It's not you, it's, uh, I think, one of the problems with film. I don't understand film that well. That's one of the reasons I want to learn about film. I think the technology is not up to the, uh, the level where we have to get in order to portray reality. Oh, oh. The technology warps reality. The, the, the portrayal. Kind Film of interests me. I like to. I'd like to play with it. Nice. different, eh? Go ahead. Pocket. Beautiful trigger. Yeah, oh! There. Beautiful. I Means you should at least know what the hell handguns That's are all quite about. It's frightening that. Right. I'm gonna try to get the target too. Let's, uh, aim at the uh, at the dirt over there. Hang on, I know you going to get going. All right. Oh! That'll kill a bear two hundred yards. I won't believe it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hunter's violent public image is largely okay. the result of a fictional character he himself created. Hunter called him Raul Duke, a sort of drug-crazed journalist sent to Las Vegas in search of the American dream. The book Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, A Savage Journey to the Heart of the American Dream, was Hunter's vision of an America gone rotten as seen through the eyes of Raoul Duke. I think it's
4: about time to get into the ether and the cocaine. My attorney was now fumbling with a salt shaker containing the cocaine, opening it, spilling it, then screaming and grabbing at the air as our fine white dust blew up and out across the desert highway. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, he moaned. Did you see what God just did to us? God didn't do that, I shouted. You did it. You're a narcotics agent. You better be careful, he said. And suddenly he was waving a black Point 357 magnum at me, one of those snub-nosed coat pythons with a bevel cylinder. Plenty of vultures out here, he said. They'll pick your bones clean before morning.
3: I've been using Duke for, uh... Over 10 years, maybe more. I began to use him originally as, uh, he was always, oh, he he was a a vehicle for, uh, quotations that nobody else would say. That was me really talking. Those Those were my quotes.
4: The only way to prepare for a trip like this was to dress up like human peacocks, get crazy, screech off across the desert and cover the story. But what was the story? Nobody had bothered to say. So we would have to drum it up on our own. Free enterprise, the American dream. Do it now. Pure gonzo journalism.
3: I think I've taken that form as far as I can take it. I, I, I found that I re- I'm starting to repeat myself anyway. And it's not, not as much fun anymore. It's hard for me to work on a story now. I go to that. I, I become part of the story. First time I went to a press conference with Jimmy Carter, I had to sign more autographs than Carter signed. And the Secret Service had no idea who I was. They thought I was an astronaut. And, you know, I used to be able to stand in the back, you know, and observe stories and absorb them. I can't do that. Now, the minute I I appear at a story, then I become part of it.
0: Yes, they're making a film of him now, actually. Universal Pictures. They'll well, at least there's talk of it. They've made a they've made a script and they've sold the idea of this crazy person who
2: uh, rips through American politics. And...
0: So at the same time,
2: I collected work. Hollywood will be the last resting place of the old Hunter Thompson. Hollywood, the city built on myths and fantasies, the ideal place to bury his old image. He has a date there anyway in two days time to meet the scriptwriter from Universal Pictures, who's going to turn him into a fictional character in a multimillion dollar epic. The trip could be a chance to exorcise the past (laughs) as Hunter and Ralph travel to Hollywood via Las Vegas. In the books, Ralph Duke's adventures are financed with stolen credit cards or by the simple expedient of skipping without paying the bill. This time, Hunter and Ralph are travelling on BBC expenses.
0: I had a word with Nadia today
3: about the $60 a day limit. You could get more than that. Yes. Right. one hundred percent. hundred and sixty.
0: Yeah.
3: But you uh, might be like that. If you can supply a
0: reasonable reason why you should go over $60 a day... I'm not talking
3: about going over, I'm talking about getting $60 a day.
0: The biggest ripoffs, they're marvelous at it, they're exceptionally good because they tell people what the terms are, and it's take it or leave it. So, if it's take it or leave it, it has to be a ripoff, doesn't it?
4: We were somewhere around Barstow on the edge of the desert when the drugs began to take hold. I remember saying something like, I feel a bit lightheaded, maybe you should drive, and suddenly. There was a terrible roar all around us, and the sky was full of what looked like huge bats, all swooping, screeching and diving around the car, which was going about a hundred miles an hour with the top down to Las Vegas. And a voice was screaming, "Holy Jesus, What are these goddamned animals!" Then it was quiet again. My attorney had taken his shirt off and was pouring beer onto his chest to facilitate the tanning process. What the hell are you yelling about, he muttered, staring up at the sun with his eyes closed and covered with wraparound Spanish sunglasses. Uh, Never mind, I said, it's your turn to drive. I hit the brakes and aimed the great red shark toward the shoulder of the highway. No point mentioning those bats, I thought. The poor bastard will see them soon enough.
0: I'd like to ask you why you use drugs. Different
3: drugs were different things. Or no, I think it's in my interest and in ours perhaps maybe in the interest of the greater good for me to smoke a joint and calm down it's been demonstrably proven that temper tantrums are not the best way to do interviews and probably my life will be easier than yours too if I smoke a joint Now, if I were to sit here <laughs> in a fit of anger and you saw me eating acid if I were you I'd leave with all the equipment that that cranks it up even, you know, even
0: worse the important thing in hunter's life actually is the, is 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 seeing this that great country you know that amazing sort of rolling place go down the chain. the drugs play a part in it is only another way of twisting the the, the mental image if you like you know, I don't know maybe he actually needed something maybe to speed himself up to to keep it going just i mean in a way it's a kind of a dedication just in order to see what he wants to see
3: yeah, <laughs> What's, what, are we marking? 9.66 Oh, no, God! Help us, Jesus, why does this happen at the end?
0: Oh... I think going to Las Vegas is going to be a rather strange feeling for him because he's going to feel um, a little apprehensive about going back to something that perhaps he might want to forget. Well, Las Vegas does represent about the the, the ultimate in, in what you can do if you've got endless amounts of money. and. Uh, or if you haven't, and you can go there and win it. It's the sort of pot of gold at the end of the rainbow.
4: Strange memories on this nervous night in Las Vegas. Five years later? Six? It seems like a lifetime, or at least a main era. The kind of peak that never comes again. History is hard to know because of all the higher bullshit. But even without being sure of history, it seems entirely reasonable to think that every now and then, the energy of an entire generation comes to a head in a long, fine flash. For reasons that nobody really understands at the time. And which never explain in retrospect what actually happened. You could strike sparks anywhere. There was a fantastic universal sense that whatever we were doing was right. That we were winning. We had all the momentum. We were riding the crest of a high and beautiful wave. So now less than five years later. You can go up on a steep hill in Las Vegas and look west. And with the right kind of eyes, you can almost see the high watermark, that place where the wave finally broke and rolled back.
1: Tonight, I again proudly accept that nomination for President of the United States. for you this time there's a difference this time we're going to win
3: Richard Nixon represents the dark side of the American dream Richard Nixon stands for me for everything that I would not want to have happen to myself or be or be around he stands for everything that I uh, not only have contempt for but dislike and think should be stomped out Greed, treachery, stupidity, cupidity, positive power of lying, total contempt for uh, any sort of human constructive political instinct. Everything that's wrong with America. Everything's been everything that, that, that this country has demonstrated as a uh, as a national trait that the world defines repugnant: the bully, the bully instinct, the, you know, the power grab, the uh, the dumbness, the insensitivity. Nixon represents everything that's wrong in this country. Down the line. He can't even walk. You know, he walks around with this kind of.
4: Harry uh, or Richard Nixon?
2: From the article, Fear and Loathing at the Watergate.
4: Richard M. Nixon, ace track star for Whittier College, held his first press conference today since gangrene had forced doctors to amputate his leg some five weeks ago expectedly the first question to mr. Nixon was would the loss of a leg in any way impair him from breaking the three-minute mile as he has claimed he would four years ago Um, in answer to your question let me say this sure it's tough the fact that I have only one leg has made it tough on us all believe me (laughs) no one knows better than me just how hard it has been but I was elected to this team to break the world record for the 3-minute mile and this constant obsession of the press with this missing leg business has prevented me from pushing forward with my program. But you've only got one leg, screams Don Rather of CBS. I know that, I know that. But let me say this to you.
0: Samara, you What is the matter with you? Come on. Open the door.
2: Day three, Las Vegas, 12 o'clock noon. We should have left for Hollywood at nine, but Thompson has locked himself in his hotel room. When he finally lets us in, his face is covered in white makeup.
0: Are you sure you're going to be OK? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Hey, you look terrible. Hey, sit down, sit down. Something, and anything, but just please. I'm, sure. I'm on the phone. Oh, yeah? Oh. oh. You might, uh, oh, yeah, well enough to do that. Well, that's good. Yes. Can you, um? I've been vomiting blood this
3: morning. Oh, what? Yeah? Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can speak to Ralph for a second here. Yeah. Tell Sunday just exactly what's been happening.
0: Just, uh, you know, uh, well, playing around, but he's obviously not. He's
3: just, I don't recognize anyone anymore. Yeah. Ah, oh,
1: Huh, yeah. But what's I
4: here? was in no mood or condition to spend another week in Las Vegas. Not now. I had pushed my luck about as far as it was going to carry me in this town, all the way out to the edge, and now the weasels were closing in. I could smell the ugly brutes. Yes, it was definitely time to leave. My margin had shrunk to nothing.
3: Just disappearing. Caught us fire. No. The guy behind me is looking
0: at me in a very ugly way. I feel that, you know, this idea of possibly going to Hollywood, another dream factory where uh, you can do, do anything and die on film, and by so doing, possibly have reincarnation, would fascinate Hunter very much, because it's an outrageous idea to go and arrange your own burial
3: Come on, you pigs. No. I can't get over here. It's 150 it's some asshole in a glass truck. Look at this junk. <laughs> piece. Ah. There's no holes over here. <laughs> Man, this is a big coxswain. People wonder why I don't buy American cars. God damn. <laughs> that piece of shit. We're never gonna get to all, we won't get to, it. we won't
4: make it. <laughs> keep it on the cop a little bit and
3: see if he swings right around. Yeah, is that right he's down there? To, right back here, the man oh, that the that's pulled off in oh, front God. of us and might circle around. Oh, yeah. It's the old rumble tank trap tactic. Get ahead and you come in behind them. And he knows I've seen him and he's seen me. Because they really play with you out here. Do it's, they? Oh, it's gotten mouse. Yeah. They just want a game, I suppose. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, he's, he's signaling something.
3: Hey, okay, he's right behind me. I'm I'm gonna violate the speed limit now just to test him a little bit. I'm go 75, 80. <laughs> what is the speed limit? Seventy. No, oh, oh my God, it's fifty-five. Holy shit, well no, no wonder he's wonder falling. He's yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 85. Yeah, I think it's twenty. Yeah, he's off on us, man. Yeah, he is. Maybe you can shake I those one and really, get, really run them up. Come over, here. I'm gonna kill somebody in front. Is You're too small. I wanna kill somebody larger than you. <laughs> i stay back you swan. Oh, what? He's, yeah, he's turning off, he's going back. Oh, oh, dear. You son of a bitch, you wanted him to come up on us, didn't you, you bastard? <laughs> Boy, it's sure good to be in Hollywood, Ralph.
2: It's been a long time since he's been here really, where we really belong. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating.
3: All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and, 6-1 since that matters, and, what do I even say other than, hey. <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Uh, uh, What do you think of this place? Uh, It's the place to get out of as fast as possible.
1: You realize that your move is going to open here?
3: I won't be here for it.
0: But your name's
1: going to be on
3: it. Well... If I not just see it, it'll be all right. I hope it makes money, do not want I know, but uh, they were drawing a crowd again. Why
0: Why are you hiding here?
3: Look at this, you've drawn a crowd. That's why I'm hiding. You, everywhere you go, you draw a crowd with a Do you know any of the names of these? I haven't seen a name. I don't want to see any names. It looks to me like a dirty sidewalk. I'll get you out of here. Oh, thank you. I hate popcorn. You just have to figure out what you're going to do. I refuse to go out there in this... this thing until you know what you're doing. I just want you to... It seems to me that this is sort of the heartland of Hollywood. That's why we am it for but I mean, it seems to me this is a really appropriate We're drawing a crowd. It looks like India. If I sit down here, goddammit, I'll be out of here in 13 more seconds if this keeps up. We may as well go to Bangladesh. Look at this, we've drawn a crowd for nothing at all. It at somebody else, Philip.
4: Yeah.
2: Day four, Hollywood. The Sunset Marquee Hotel the appointment with a scriptwriter from universal pictures basically the story's about
3: two people one hunter thompson Raul duke you know hunter's alter ego yeah. begins with this character <laughs> the journalist character getting beat up by the hell's angels and it ends the last 30 minutes of the movie ends on the campaign trail either like 1980 or, or 1978 or not or already won the campaign trail that has well it's be a fictional campaign trail but has mm-hmm. Ralph ever flipped out around you? Has he ever, like, suppressed his anxiety to a point
0: where it just exploded? Oh, yeah, he's tried to kill me. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, he has a deep hatred yeah. for me somewhere down in his soul. But it usually comes out like the drawing, just right. like that at sudden right. moments, you know. Otherwise, perfectly passive as though there's nothing wrong. I'm prepared to put up with any kind of insults that <laughs> so he might... Ralph meter, actually you know. See, he wants the, money. Yeah, See, yeah, that act, that can be actively done in film. It'd be interesting, a guy that, like,
3: who just is overwhelmed by this kind of craziness and just acts it out real quick in a drawing. He was, just, it, I shouldn't uh, I hate his drawings. Yeah.
0: But, he always seems to be embarrassed by them. I can't understand well,
3: why. I've
0: been embarrassed
3: yeah. from the very start. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm so reluctant to go under this whole circus. You know, the idea of going anywhere with Hunter is horrible. The idea, <laughs> and I'm always trying to hide, You know, get away, hide in the toilet. But he always it, finds me. I'm trying to express that to you, that I am extremely dull. And somehow I got involved in this thing, and some and somewhere in me there's this there's little little cubicle that lets out these drawings occasionally. That's that's all. Right. The rest of them is intensely dull. I mean, yeah, you can really tell intense. how
3: retiring Ralph does with the kind of work he does. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brings it's in money, right. I
3: mean, right? It's interesting to see what happens to a person when he suddenly realizes that being crazy he can pay.
0: It's got to be so done. If people
3: want to <laughs> well, leave the cinema. I think, cinema, was, I think. just doled, doled out the BBC. I think it's, it's more fun to create it based on the reality. The reality is pretty simple, you know, which you've expressed the idea. Of that you remain like a passive passenger up to a point until their paranoia overtakes
4: you now when individuals
1: read the entire transcript of the 21st meeting or hear the entire tape where we discussed all these options they may reach different interpretations but i know what i meant I know also what I did. I had no advance knowledge that the president was going to indicate that I had investigated the matter and found no complicity on the part of anyone at the White House...
4: From fear and loathing at the Watergate. Dean radiates a certain very narrow kind of authority. Nothing personal, but the kind of nasal, blank-hearted authority you feel in the presence of the taxman or a very polite FBI agent. Dean is clearly a shrewd executive, he will have no trouble getting a good job when he gets out of prison.
3: Who oh, can this be? How is Charles Manson, or maybe someone like John Dean, or you never know who comes to see you in the Sunset Marquee. Oh, John good Dean, time. how are you? I'll be down. I knew you were coming somehow. I had a feeling you'd be here. We're we're just uh, oh, sitting right here. We're performing. I have to cut this out. See, ready. here's a wise man He brought his own paper court. I remember sitting on my porch, was it summer of 74, when you were testifying, was that it? That was the summer of 73, June of 73. 3. June That's right, 73. yeah, it was 74, the, uh, the time of the Great Confusion. Right. But I remember sitting out there, with it. I wanted to sit in the sun, and I brought my TV set out and put it on a big log stump. And I was, uh, like everybody else, waiting for you to come on. You know, it, was like, it was like that 17th inning, and then you wait. And uh, I honestly didn't believe you could pull it off. I admired it tremendously. I mean, I, might, I might, might be confused,
1: but it struck me that you had very little room to walk on that wire. I'd, I don't recall much feeling of any room at all. Yeah. That it, it was just. Is uh, there was light at the end of that? was one thing, it was a one slip. thing, I, I, I couldn't over testify, and I couldn't under testify. Yeah. I, I and You could, had to be believed at the same time. Totally. Well, I, I had one thing going for me. I was telling the truth. Well, no one knew that. I wasn't sure of that. No. I was. Uh, I,
3: you had a lot of people on your side. It was a. You know, like the ultimate underdog thing. Well, you know,
1: I didn't know that at the time. That I, anybody, I didn't I then. didn't I didn't know anybody was out there on my side when I was testifying. Well, I wasn't I thought, until I you thought it was started
3: testifying. Back, I saw
1: it. it wasn't until, you know, I knew my wife was behind me, and my lawyer by then came to believe me. He had had doubts and questions along the way. Uh, but by the time I testified I thought, well, I know that at least two people are in my corner, and I didn't really know anybody else was there at all. Well that wasn't until you started. But then then the weight of the thing came down. The uh, the it was like, read, uh, one day of reading the totality of that eight hours of straight reading to... What would
3: happen to you if you, had, if you hadn't been believed?
1: I thought there was a likelihood that, say, Nixon, Haldeman, Ehrlichman, Mitchell, in other words, the top men of, yeah. of that presidency, would all testify against me, and it would be my word against theirs, and that would mean about 186 counts of perjury against me. And until the tapes came out that verified my testimony, it was very lonely. I was hanging right I was hanging just like that on that wire. After they, the tapes were found, And you talking about uh, Nixon's version or the? Uh, well, that's what other, happened. You know, they, he he released his version, yeah. which, which came close to my testimony, but nevertheless always had that gap about any. Oh yeah, any any problems? That was one with of the himself. damnest documents I ever saw. I still have that's a, that's a classic. That's uh, right. So it was it was a uh, I was hanging out there by my my thumbs. What would have happened though if you hadn't
3: uh, if you hadn't been believed? I don't I'm not sure why I believed you right away, but I was. Uh, I think after that. Like two hours of the first day,
1: I suspect things I began to
3: tip seriously I
1: and mean, people began to believe you. I'm not sure why I did. I'm, I suspect uh, <coughs> that I might have spent a lot longer time in prison. What about what would Nixon, what would happen with Nixon? He'd have walked away. Let me tell you something I mean, that absolutely blew my mind the other day. A, a reporter said, how do you think Americans would vote today, knowing what they know about Richard Nixon, Oh, oh, oh. What, if what he mean? ran against George McGovern? And you know the vote was almost identical to what it once was? Well, who, 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 who did this It poll- was a national poll. That, that sounds insane to me. The 37th president of the United States, Honorable Richard M. Nixon.
2: Hunter's nightmare of a revitalized Nixon coming back into public life is confirmed by a network news item. Nixon comes out of retirement in San Clemente to open a sports center named after him in Kentucky. The standing ovation he receives from an uncritical public confirms Hunter's worst fears that the lessons of Watergate have already been forgotten. Acting in the spirit of Gonzo, he decides to launch the re-elect Nixon in 1980 campaign with the idea of provoking some kind of public reaction. He calls in two friends, both actors, to help stage the inaugural rally.
1: This man got a raw deal, this guy, got a raw deal.
3: Tonight, we're going to ask him to pardon us. Ask Nixon to pardon us.
4: Ask Nixon to pardon us. 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 Now more than ever.
2: The meeting in Beverly Hills isn't a runaway success. There's a total attendance of three.
4: Four
0: years. Four other years. You don't forgive Richard Nixon? I, I, when I came here, I'll be honest, I, I didn't forgive him.
1: And why have you changed your mind?
0: Your, your speech, the excitement tonight, uh, everything surrounding my mind is being changed tonight. Mm-hmm. I think we're having an impact. Come on, we're having some impact here. But do you feel one guy shooting it in the right direction against something as big as Nixon, as big as the stake, can actually achieve it? I think so. I think so but I, I have to
3: think so you know that's if I didn't think so uh, I'd be dumb you know it would be I'd have to look at myself in the mirror and think wait a minute if it's uh, if, not, if this is all totally useless then uh, why are you doing it? I could get rich there are a lot of things I could do. I was a good criminal at one point, and probably still am in some way. But no, I have to think that a person can do something good, but I'm not sure how you'd... Maybe I might, even be, I might be just doing myself good in some way, I don't know.
4: The third president, Thomas Jefferson, had a vision of America. He believed that this whole new country, this giant, unformed continent, offered the chance to start again. The premise was very simple, that human beings acting in a sense of enlightened self-interest are smart enough to do the right thing and know the truth. America could have been a fantastic monument to all the best instincts of the human race. Instead, we just moved in here and destroyed the place from coast to coast like killer snails. Everybody wants power over a country that has had its day. I think we're finished.
2: The final day in Hollywood, and our final attempt to uncover the real Hunter Thompson. If you're going to
3: be a famous American writer, you don't really think of, uh, being in the comic strips. You know, being... We yeah, are doing things like that, yes, in front of the camera, and it will be on film, won't it? Hmm. The way... Uh, the, the water is without chlorophyll, and the whiskey kills the... what would be the chlorophyll substitute, so every time we make a drink here, we put the ice, I mean, the drink in the ice, uh, and then the whole thing into the grass, giving the ice enough time to absorb the chlorophyll, I have not absorbed enough chlorophyll to get back to the drink. That's why I'm so healthy, folks. I always roll my ice in chlorophyll before I drink whiskey. Alright, what were you saying? I was asking you whether there's this pressure to live up to the image that you've created. Well it certainly is. And you've been putting it on me all week. How much pressure do you think I what would you how would you define pressure? Being taken to Las Vegas? And uh Put in front of cameras, and uh, yeah, I'm mean, i I'm not sure at all if you're sh- what, what you think you're shooting. Whether, you, you're, you're, whether this thing, excuse me, I, every once in a while, I forget who I'm talking to, but uh, I have no idea whether you're you think you're taking or making a film about uh, Duke or Thompson. I haven't thought about it until now, and I'm filling with hate and rage right now just thinking about it. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's you. You passing it over to me again? Okay? Well, I mean, I, I want to drink some chlorophyll.
1: <laughs> so. <what? laughs> oh,
3: no, I think that's a serious point. I'm not, I'm never sure which one people expect me to be, and very often it uh, they conflict. Most often, been fact, with with people I don't know, I'm expected to be Duke more than uh, Thompson.
0: Sure, because I mean I come to you only knowing you from your books and from your writing. But um speaking very personally, um I, that's a very
3: profoundly personal commentary on your perception. I, I can't uh, I'd flee if you're saying anything like that. Jesus. Foreigners.
0: Speaking very
3: personally. <laughs> um
0: I wouldn't risk that again. I I actually find that that you match pretty accurately up to the character that you've created in your books. I actually... Twice. In two minutes.
3: Okay, well... I mean, I have nothing to do with the hiring policies of the BBC.
0: We're just about to run out of film, I think.
3: (laughs) You're out again? God damn it. I've never seen such lame equipment. I own a, you know, a ranch in Colorado and I have a, you know, a wife and a child and uh, peacocks and Dobermans and uh, It seems, you know, I'm, 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 I am living a normal life. Meanwhile, right alongside me, this myth is growing and mushrooming and getting more and more warped, getting more and more warped. And uh, like when I go out to, uh, when I get invited to speak at say universities, I'm not sure if you're inviting Duke or Thompson. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure who to be. So I'm, not, I'm not sure who to be I suppose that my plans are to figure out some new identity you know I'd have to kill one kill off one life and start another one
4: two basic types protective and non-protective protective caskets are designed to be completely resistant to the entrance of air and water they are constructed from steel copper, or bronze, metals which provide for a long interment life.
0: Well, it seems we're here today I don't know, to we'll discuss a sort of some kind of idea for a monument.
1: For,
0: Why? Uh, well, we, we would, I think we want to get an estimate and that sort of thing. What, what so sort of thing would cost? If way. I show you this, this is a basic idea. But actually, Hunter hasn't approved it yet. It's just a thought. Know, he lives in uh, Aspen in Colorado. That mm-hmm. is different. Yeah. Well that's yeah, like a giant eagle's birdbath, you know, mm-hmm.
3: in a way. You know, well, uh-huh. kind of well we also want to look at as of matter, this rim of mountains is a right. giant valley twenty miles across. Is yeah. this
1: property that you own now?
3: Yeah. You see the top of the red cliffs back there? The edge of the property goes back over the cliffs. So I can do whatever if I wanted to build a, a McDonald's I could do it back there.
0: I Hunter prefers a little simpler, maybe even like this, but not even not with wings. But, you know, with the, with the fist on top, but yeah. uh, more of a Teutonic. Fist. What I'm going to get some estimate of yeah. the cost of this thing and whether it's yeah. feasible. or not? I did this merely to give Hunter something to yeah. bounce off and say no or something. Something, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Albert Speer. Oh, no, simplicity, uh, Albert Speer, the kind of the the architect. Yeah, Albert the, Speer, or, sort of. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've heard yeah, him, but he he said, right. said that. I don't know. I know him now.
3: Yeah, well, it's going to be a pile of rocks about hundred feet tall, and then a uh, giant chrome. Uh, sort of a cylinder, more like a, bit, in a conical, put sort around of and tapering down to the top, at 150 feet tall, hollow inside. With, uh, on top of the sort of big arm, would be a double, a fist with a double thumb, you know, the symbol. I told you a thousand times for 10 years, you've got to put two thumbs in the fist. You put hey, the, you put the other thumb. Come on, I'll, I'll put it on there, because it's going to be on there in the end.
0: Well, I mean, well, it's okay. better than no thumb, which is what you said. I can't
3: count on my friends, you see. No, that's the problem. You know. I, I, all my life, I've made her responsible. Is this something
1: that uh, that you would want to do uh, in the near will. future? It's written
3: well. I'm not sure. uh, I mean,
1: you're, you're talking about something that maybe you want to do sure. after yeah. you die, is what you're saying.
3: Oh yeah, it's in the will. You know, it's all described. It's gonna be a little hard to uh, to do with me going, but uh, I think it'd be a nice monument. After the cremation, we put the ashes in a, uh, a canister and shoot it out the top of the uh, fist over the valley, and up gets up about, say, 500 feet up, explodes, and the ashes drift down all over here. And that's it. That's my funeral.
1: That I do know about. We place ashes in different areas. Uh, do you actually spread it over the seven seasons? Yes. I mean? Yes, we do quite a bit of that. Mm-hmm. you do that too, mm-hmm. Yeah, we fly them out in an airplane. I happen to be a pilot and uh, we, we uh, Sometimes we have the mm-hmm. families uh, uh, Meet in a particular place and we'll mm-hmm. fly over and circle and then fly out to say I'm a firm
3: believer in the anxious anxious and dust the dust comes up. Uh,
1: what you do uh, is uh, is basically for those that are still living, you know, in a sense. have you thought about it in that way,
3: that's what I'm trying to do now. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm trying to take it seriously. Otherwise, uh, people I that are related to, to you, own, your I wife, and it.
1: whoever is what sometimes whatever is done when someone someone dies, and uh, that well, maybe that should be taken in consider, and probably it already has when you're thinking about it. Well, I'm just starting to get serious. To do. Doctors yeah.
3: again give me uh, like six months to live at it's one, so I. This is, every, about every two years, the doctor tells me I'm gonna die. For all I know, I might somehow live for 10 more years. something. Well, that's something, like, so I mean, that's something none cool of himself. us know how long we're gonna live. You no, know, I provided for no ceremony except for one song. That's Mr. Tambourine Man.